Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the play, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I will be eventually at some point, maybe in the future, we hope, be joined by my co-host Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter. The season's here. The Bears and the Packers kind of started us off with a whimper here, but it was still an exciting game to watch, I think. Um, it was really exciting to see football back. Um, so I wanted to drop a few notes about Thursday's game. Uh, but mostly I wanted to let you all know what the Dynasty Crossroads and what me what, and what I'm going to be up to. So uh, hopefully you can get the best out of us if there's any best to get out of us. So Dynasty Crossroads has been typically recording on Thursdays and I've been releasing on Saturdays to give you all something to listen to on the weekend because I always run out of podcasts then. But while this podcast isn't meant to be like an immediate action podcast, we don't do a wave a wire, we don't do go do this, go do that right now um, in season, I do want it to drop before the games start most weeks, which means if I keep up with that schedule, then the next time this will be posting, you'll be too busy worried about your lineup or uh, Sunday's games and to really care about a podcast dropping into your feed. So um, I'm going to boost it up a little bit. Uh, I'm dropping this one a little early. And then I'm going to record another one uh, for, well, technically the same week, um, in the old schedule at least, uh, and drop it sometime into your feed on Wednesdays. So uh, Dynasty Crossroads will be dropping into your feed on Wednesdays every week, once a week, 
Our goal is to talk about one player at a time from both a film and a metrics point of view. Without a Jake, I am mostly just a analytics and numbers point of view, but I will try and bring in other viewpoints into my argument, try and consider both sides until he can get back. I would say I'll get more co-hosts, but in season it's a lot more difficult to do that because everyone's got their own stuff going on. It gets a lot crazier and harder to guest on other people's pods in season, so I don't want to rely on that. So it is probably mostly going to be me um, trying to present both sides or really just trying to point out some interesting things I noticed from the last week's games. Speaking of which, let's look or mention some things that I've recently put out which could be useful. I am streaming on Thursday, so about an hour before the first game of the week. I'm going to go live. It's a thing the kids do now. Um, but if you were interested in coming and asking me any start sick questions, just talking about football or stare at me while I make different projections and sheets, um, then uh, an hour before the game, um, let me know your Twitter at if you want to be notified when I go live. You don't have to come, but it'll be nice to know maybe sometimes. And um, in case you ever do have a question, just message me on um, uh, on Twitter and let me know you're at and let me know that you want to be tagged when I do, because I don't want to tag anyone that's not interested in it. I just don't want to tag everyone in my friends list, for example. Um, all right. So uh, the other thing I did is I recently put out on Patreon. I've got a Patreon account. Look, I've got some big heroes actually supporting me. It's how I've got Rotoviz data right now. Um, it's how I take my kids to the movies last week. I really appreciate it. They support me, but it's not for the promise of any immediate return because like there's no scheduled I'm going to do this for you every week if they've got questions if they've got research projects I do them and um, you'll notice that the podcast and my patreon feed and everything else is ad free so I really hate doing this I apologize but I wanted to point it out because um I drop most things for free on there every now and again I'll drop something just for patreons because it's got you know um behind the paywall data from somewhere else or something but uh, mostly I try and put it out for free. And I recently dropped the last version of my 2019 season-long rankings for free in a Google, Google Sheet. So check that out. I also dropped my 2019 cheat sheet. Draft season is over now, but it's still got some really useful information. It's also got my rookie ranks in it. Uh, and finally, I'm dropping a DFS sheet, which from here on out might be Patreon only. I don't know. We'll see how we go. We'll see how the Patreons feel about it. But um, my DFS sheet just has the information I'm finding most important and using to make DFS lineups, which is also something we can talk about on the Thursday stream. So that's that's everything I'm up to, as well as writing an article for DLF every week, doing player projections from playerprofiler.com every week, um, and some other stuff, but it doesn't matter. So that's where you can find me if you're interested in any of it. Hit me up on Twitter, at PA Howdy. So, important stuff. Thursday game. Obviously, I'll be in a better position to break it all down after all the games have played, but I wanted to offer a few initial notes. One, it's really important not to overreact to week one, but it's also really important to react to week one. It's only one game, but we only get 16 games. In fact, we only get about 12 games, and we really only get about eight before the season is mostly decided, at least in terms of who's going into the playoffs, and we just saw one of them, which already brings us down to seven. So everyone's going to tell you not to overreact, and it's very important not to overreact, but you definitely have to react where it's relevant, and that's a difficult thing. Mostly not reacting is the right decision. For example, Anthony Miller, anyone who was uh, claiming you know, he had terrible, when well, he did, he had a bad arm last year and he caught so many touchdowns, and this year it's going to be great. This is a problem with projecting change in the NFL. The NFL doesn't change much despite all the variance. 
And Anthony Miller only had 98 expected points last year. We were expecting, a, or to think of it another way, he had a very little target share. And we know he was injured, we know it was his first year, but it, projecting someone to grow in an offense is a lot harder than expecting an offense to remain stable in terms of opportunity. And someone, both me and Jake, from both a film and a metric point of view, that really stuck out to us last year was Taylor Gabriel, an undrafted free agent, just to throw that out there. But he got 158 expected points last year, which is actually slightly more than Alan Robinson, even though Alan Robinson was definitely the target leader and volume leader and number one on that team. So projecting Anthony Miller to jump Alan Robinson in some cases was always ridiculous. That's that's off-season narratives, right? Not going to happen. It's certainly not going to happen in week one of 2018. But the fact he only got, how many targets did he get? Three, maybe? One, I think I saw his name once on the ticker there. Um, yeah, he got one target. Like, don't make that panic you. The good things on his profile from college and last year are still true. He still was very efficient last year with 20 fantasy points, 22 fantasy points over expected on those 98. It's easier to be efficient on smaller targets and he caught a lot of touchdowns, but it's still positive. We still like Anthony Miller, especially if you're playing in Dynasty. Like, just don't panic, just in case you were. However, I do think Taylor Gabriel, the forgotten man, um, as I was talking about last episode, I do think undrafted free agents get faded a lot. He really wasn't in this game. I don't think Taylor Gabriel is someone you're going to want to be starting a lot, especially early where your whole roster's healthy and there's plenty on the waiver wire still. But Taylor Gabriel in Dynasty, if you haven't been valuing him as at least a spot starter or an impressive player who earned a lot of targets and a lot of opportunity as an undrafted free agent on the Bears last year, he's definitely someone you should put back on your list of good players. Like Kenny Stills, he's not going to do a lot for you, but he's definitely a good player. He's in the NFL, he's getting a lot of expected points, could start for you for a week, could be a DFS start, that kind of thing. Like, I just want to highlight another free undrafted free agent mattering, and um, the big story on the Bears, obviously, is that uh, Adam Shaheen caught a, caught a pass, right? He was actually targeted in the red zone once as well, I noticed. I haven't looked at the four scores yet, but um, Trey Burton's been struggling all offseason. He's definitely been injured. Adam Shaheen's coming back from an injury, and it was on again, off again, whether he would play, but he did. Now, one catch isn't enough to get too excited, but it is something I want to put in your ear, because he's is someone I've been holding on dynasty rosters, just in case. Like in a redraft league or a twenty uh, spot where you only got five bench spots, you're not adding Adam Shaheen, obviously. But it's a name you should know because he might get a bigger role in this this offense. The tight end role was significant last year, and with Burton seemingly struggling with his health and Adam Shaheen coming back, that makes me even maybe even a little bit more interested in him this year. But he's not going to do great things for you anytime soon. But Alan Robinson is... That was a joke. Alan Robinson is obviously the big story. I, I really don't think it should be a big story. I, I was, I've got a start sedinator that compares... Yeah, I know it's a terrible name. I like giving things terrible names. That's my thing. But um, I was comparing my projections to everyone else's. And I was so much higher on Alan Robinson. And I was right. But that doesn't mean... I don't want to stand on a hill too much. I got plenty wrong in my uh, game one predictions as well. But Alan Robinson was very clearly the target leader last year, very clearly just coming back from an ACL. We know he's been good. Like projecting an increase like we're trying to get for Anthony Miller is really difficult. 
Like, it's really difficult for that to happen. doesn't happen a lot. There's not a lot of change. But Alan Robinson is someone we know can be efficient and was efficient, just like Anthony Miller last year on his opportunity, and was getting all the opportunity. Like, if there was a moment this offseason where you're like, ah, that guy's done, then maybe me and Jake should have stood on that hill a little longer, a little harder. Like, Anthony, Alan Robinson is clearly the number one over Gabriel, over Anthony Miller, and he's definitely a top 24 wide receiver this year based on volume alone like he was last year. Um, and if he's back healthier, and he definitely looked good, he's got a Mitch Trubisky holding him back, but he definitely looks good, um, maybe even better than last year, then uh, he's someone you're going to probably regret forgetting this offseason. Um, so he's someone you might want to take action on one way or the other, depending on your format. Um the other storylines I noticed is uh, David Montgomery, again, the Bears. He got like six carries all in the first half, not in the second half. The one target he got was a design pass, and it was awesome. He got 27 yards on one target, one reception, and it was re- it was really good play. And then they never used him again. They used a lot of Javion J- Wims. He got two, t- two targets. I don't know why I kept seeing his name on the field. And Cordero Patterson got like three targets. Like the Bears... Aren't doing it right, but um, David Montgomery, for what he did on the field, was actually positive. This team needs to sort itself out. I think that usage will normalize. Like uh, Mike Davis was getting a lot of run and was doing fairly well with it, which tells you something about the offensive line for the Bears. Actually, um, David Montgomery probably is going to increase in his volume just as soon as the Bears stop bearing, frankly, um, and he looks really good, um, just like he did in the preseason. Um, Again, I have him in the top 24, not the top 12, because the Bears sometimes bear, right? Um, But I think it was positive. Definitely don't tilt on him. I'd even keep starting him if you're starting him right now into week two. That's an early look, but still, that's where I am right now. Um, Devontae Adams, some Devontae Adams owners out there are probably pretty upset. He was still the target leader. He got eight targets. Um... MVS, Martez, Valdez, Scantling actually got six. And, and Jimmy Graham got six, just for anyone who didn't notice. Um, probably did because he caught a touchdown. Like, Jimmy Graham isn't dead. And 50% of Jimmy Graham is better than 90% of the tight ends in the league. So, like, if he's on your waiver wire, what is your league doing? It's point season. Go get Jimmy Graham. But um, MVS looked better than I planned. Uh, like, I haven't broken him down from an analytic point of view. But, like, he's not Randall Cobb. Man, that guy wasn't so so much worse than Randall Cobb. Like a bigger sample size, and I assume it will regress. But I have to say, I'm taken aback by my uh, MVS hate early this off season. Uh, were, he definitely shut me up a little bit in week one. I would say um, that he was very clearly ahead of Allison. Some people were talking about Allison being the guy last night. Like week one, you've got no need to project these things that probably aren't going to happen. Like don't start those guys. Like what are you doing? What are you, what are you what is you doing? Uh, so MVS is the number two very clearly. Jimmy Graham joint two right now and at the tight end position in the uh, Green Bay Packers offense. Again, get Jimmy Graham. But anyway, um, MVS was impressive. I just wanted to point that out there that I thought all these guys would be continually next man up. All the next men are injured or Geronimo Allison, and MVS is definitely the number two there. I, I, like someone told me this off season when I tried to send him in a trade that he's not going to make the team. So, like people are crazy, have been crazy on MVS. I wasn't pointing him out because I, I didn't think he was as good as Randall Cobb, and he shut me up week one, and that's as much as I can say right now. Um, Mitch Trubisky, 
honestly thought he played fine. Uh, he, he was due like nine interceptions, and they only got one right at, basically to end the game there. Um, he didn't run as much, but we kind of expected that. He's fine. He, he He's a He's, you know, um, startable QB and super flex. I think there's still room for improvement there. They didn't play a lot in the preseason, but the guy clearly isn't going to be better than Deshaun Watson. He's not going to be getting better than Patrick Mahomes, but I think he's going to start years if we're looking from a dynasty perspective. Like, there's there's a lot there to work on. I think the team's going to keep working with him. Like I said, I, th- I, I know. I'm not a coaching narrative guy, but there seems to be a lot going wrong with what coaches on the Bears are doing I mean coaching narrative guys take it away from there but uh, maybe that's some of what's holding him back and yeah he can't stop hanging interceptions there for DBs to take a swing at um oh oh, and Tyreek Cohen is clearly going to be involved in the receiving game he got uh what was it like 10 targets I expect that to come down for most weeks he got zero rushing attempts though and that's what I wanted to highlight Tyreek Cohen's fine he's what we expect he's not going to be a top 12 running back he definitely has the potential to be a top 24 running back yeah just keep rolling him out even without those rushing attempts but I'll point out he's not taking away from David Montgomery. Mike Davis is currently taking away from the rushing attempts from David Montgomery, and Terry Cohen's 10 targets were just something he earned. Again, I've talked about that. But, I mean, he's taking those away as much from Shaheen, Wins, Cordero Patterson, Taylor Gabriel, and Alan Robinson as he had David Montgomery. So David Montgomery is in a bit of a committee right now, but it just looks like an early rookie committee that eventually he'll be the, tar- he'll be the touch leader in. And I don't think... Tariq Cohen, as I was mentioning when looking at Kerryon Johnson, I don't think he's a good reason not to expect a really decent workhorse role eventually from David Montgomery. And yeah, on the field, Tariq Cohen's really good. He's, he's just really good. Um, I wish Jake, I had Jake here to tell you how good these players are on film, you know, since, you know, I'm a numbers guy and uh, I don't I don't watch the games, obviously, never do. Um, then I can't really tell you as much. Uh God, this is running longer than I expected, but I did want to mention uh, Aaron Jones, uh, someone I was formerly high on, then everyone caught up with me, and since then I've been kind of, uh, I don't know, I, I was over, I started him, I advised people to start him this week, it was really disappointing, Jamal Williams is still getting work, and I wanted, I thought, I planned to mention him. Like, I didn't know why we just forgot about Jamal Williams. Like, I, I thought Aaron Jones is better, but, like, the guys who used to be arguing for Jamal Williams just seemed to disappear. Like, we shouldn't have forgotten about Jamal Williams very clearly. And despite the overall scores, um, like, uh, Aaron Jones got 13 by the end of the game, rushing attempts, and Jamal Williams got five. Five very clearly, Jamal Williams was leading and often exceeding Aaron Jones at different points in game one. Like, I do think Aaron Jones has got the talent, but talent's a weird thing at running back. It is so much about volume, and the team clearly used both and often preferred Jamal Williams and got a little more out of him on a touch by touch basis. And again, just from not observation, obviously, because I don't watch, but you know, probably, probably something Jake would say. Um, having said that, Aaron Jones did have some good plays. I think he's—I still think he's good, but this team has constantly been struggling with using good running backs. I mean, this happened with Eddie Lacy and James Stark as well, um, and those guys had more caliber. So Aaron Jones might be another rough ride, and if it is, then it was definitely time to get out this offseason. If you can get out now for pretty decent value, I don't know. I'm still on the fence. I still think he can be really good, and it's point season, so I kind of want to keep him. Um, and add Jamal Williams if I don't have Aaron Jones. But yeah, the, 
this committee didn't go away in the off season, and uh, I actually feel bad I didn't mention that enough. It's one of those stories that doesn't make sense. Aaron Jones is definitely the guy now, and I didn't. It didn't trigger me enough because I had been arguing that for so long that I didn't notice when the other side just disappeared. And th- there's still a fight here. There's still an impediment to a workhorse role, and it's actually pretty significant between play calling and the fact that Jamal Williams is actually pretty decent player you know so um worth keeping an eye on at Aaron Jones again we don't want to overreact in week one but where I'm assuming you have other running back options I'm not entirely comfortable starting him until I see it at this point um and not on an efficiency argument that I've made for him before basis like I need to see him get the touches for the Packers before I start rolling him out regularly as my running back too like I I just got to see those touches improve and um, we're definitely far enough into his career. He should be there by now. I definitely, again, I, he definitely has the talent. And you don't want to overreact to week one. But this is one of the things that does seem like our conversation on him this offseason was just weird. Like, it was weird we never talked about the fact that Aaron Jones had never and should have been given full touches. I mean, whether it's just coaching decisions, whether it's something about the players, whatever you think, the fact is that that keeps happening. And it's still happening in game one. Could change quickly in game two, but this this has been going on a while. Disappointingly, it's been going on a while. Um, anyone else in here? Yeah, I think that's it. Go get Jimmy Graham, that kind of stuff. Um, all right. Uh, so I don't know if I should apologize for dropping a random podcast you didn't expect to be coming, or if that's a good thing. I don't know. Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. Um, I will record another podcast based on this week's games and release it to you on Wednesday. And from then on, we'll be releasing Wednesday every week um, and doing a live stream on Thursdays. Hopefully, as long as projections don't run over long, um, the work of projections. Um, an hour before the games each week to talk about start sits and you know sometime Jake will be back to you know put me in my place correct me and make sure my takes are finally right again appreciate you checking it out guys thanks for coming to Crossroads I will see you again on Wednesday Um, let me know if there's a player this week that you really think we should break down like from Sunday's game this is someone that really sticks out and you want to see broken down Um, from a Crossroads perspective Hit me up on Twitter at PA Howdy. Hit Jacob at Jake Anderson FF. Just to bug him, really. And also hit up the Dynasty Crossroads at Dino Crossroads on Twitter. Thanks again. See you next week. You're at the Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. The Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. numbers and Jake just grinds that tape It's the Dynasty Crossroads where film is everything The Dynasty Crossroads where numbers are the king There may not be consensus but we'll give you everything